on it is really, a lot of it is found in this book by Mark, um, Mark Brzee. It's called Angels Heaven Helping Us. Isn't that a good title? Heaven Helping Us. But I, really, there's been a very little teaching that I know of on this subject, but I know it's time for us to talk about it, and I know it's time for us to look at the scriptural reason for angelic activity. Now, one of the reasons I think that people have stirred away from teaching on this subject is because folks tend to get a little bit flaky. There's a fascination with the supernatural, with the supernatural beings, and sometimes people, you start talking about angels, and they get all ooh-ooh and la-la and just out there. And that's not the intent, and that's why we're going to, everything we're going to share is going to be based upon the Word of God. But Pastor Mark Brzee had a statement in this book, and this is really why I felt in my heart, yes, we need to address this issue. And I can't say it any better, so I'm going to read this paragraph to you tonight. Most people have barely tapped into the angelic help available to us. Yet this is a topic that we need to know more about because we sure don't want a company of angels sitting around a campfire singing Kumbaya. We've got billions of souls to reach down here on earth, and we need every angel to be busy. Can I get an amen? Amen. I sure don't want angels assigned to me sitting on the sidelines when I need help. There's too much work to be done for angels to sit around with no direction. We need angels helping us with harvest and bringing in souls. We need angels for protection. Aren't you glad for the 91st Psalm and for the angels of the Lord that are encamped round about us? Amen. We need angels. Now you should shout on this one. Bringing in the money. Giving us divine connections. If you have a business, bringing in customers, clients, and patients, whatever you need in your business. We need angels working with us. But it is our responsibility to activate them and to send them forth. Can I get an amen? So we're going to learn exactly how to do that. We're going to start tonight by talking about angels and their assistance that they bring to us. Again, you know, it's easy to get flaky. And so I'm going to make sure that everything we share is based on the Word of God. First of all, it's unscriptural for us to pray and ask God to show us an angel. You get, you get in dangerous territory if you start saying, Oh, Lord, I want to see an angel. Well, you know, there are angels of darkness that might show up and bring deception. That's happened to many men and women. So we don't ask to see angels. We don't pray to angels. And we don't worship angels. 
One thing that I found, find interesting is that people that have had angelic visitations, they don't get up and make a big deal about what they were wearing and what they were look, what they look like. They get up and they deliver a message because that's what they are sent to do. They bring messages from the throne room of God. They assist us with what God wants done in our lives. Now, I don't know if any of you in here have ever seen an angel. Personally, I have never seen an angel, but I am very much aware of their presence. There's been many times in my life that I, I, even sometimes at home, if I'm praying or whatever, that I have just sensed like the presence of an angelic being there going as I'm sending them forth to go here and to go there. So I know that the area of the supernatural is very, very real. It doesn't matter whether you ever see one or not. They exist, and they exist to help us. Now, we're going to start at the very basic things today about angels. We'll be talking about it for at least two weeks, maybe three weeks. First of all, let's turn over to Matthew chapter 18, verse 10. And this will show us that every one of us have an angel. At least one. Isn't that good news? Take heed that you do not despise these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. It's telling us here that little ones, every baby that is born into this earth is assigned a guardian angel. We know for sure that many of us had our angels working overtime from the time we were little kids. For sure. And I just really sense this, that that babies and children, they're so much more sensitive, I think, to the supernatural. I think there's kids all the time, probably as little children or babies, that have actually seen their guardian angel. I remember on several occasions when we were raising our boys that John was super-duper active. I mean, this kid got, woke up wiggling and jiggling and he didn't stop till about midnight at night. And so we, back in the day, Pastor Nancy will remember, back in the day, you had to crank up this swing. It wasn't electronic. And do you remember that, Rose? I'm getting some nods from moms that had kids our age. But I would put him in this swing when I just was like, I can't entertain him anymore. I don't know what to do with him. He's got to be moving. So pop him in the swing and wind it up. But I remember on several occasions, John looking up. I wasn't even near him. Looking up, smiling, laughing. And then like he's holding a conversation with something right up here. Many times looking at, and you know, I would just go, thank you, Lord. I believe that you sent his angel to entertain him so mommy could have a break. Hallelujah. Let him see the angels. Let them do something funny because he'd laugh and he'd giggle. And he'd, I don't know what his angel was doing, but he was helping mama out. That's all I know. Children, every one of us have been assigned a guardian angel. Like I said, probably most of us would have been dead without their protection when we were kids and when we were teenagers. Do a lot of dumb things 
You know, I remember as a kid, stuff that I did out in the farm, climbed giant trees, fell from a tree, you know, hurt myself, leaped over electric fences, which is not really a good idea, swam in ponds where copperhead snakes were laying on the banks watching us swim, rode wild horses. I mean, you know, really. And for some of you city kids that don't know what I'm talking about, you did some crazy things, speeding down the highway, crashing through a building at high speed. Not pointing any fingers, but we all know who that was. He wasn't driving, though. He wasn't driving. He was a passenger. But the angels of the Lord were protecting us. You don't lose your angel just because you grow up. But there does come a point in our lives when we make a decision whether we're going to be in the kingdom of light or the kingdom of darkness, whether we choose Jesus or we don't choose Him. And when we choose Him, our angels are still there working on our behalf. And for some of you that have kids that are grown and they're not serving the Lord, they're not walking in what in the light of the gospel, you can cry out for mercy for them and ask that their angel keep them alive till they can make that decision for the Lord. God's mercy hovers over our kids. And there's another point that we want to make very clear, and it's very basic again, about angels. Angels are not chubby little babies wearing diapers. Angels are not little cupids shooting bow and arrows like you see on Valentine's Day. And there's absolutely nothing in the Word. Now, this might blow some of your minds, but there is nothing in the Word about angels being in the female gender. I know that the, I know you all might have a picture in your house or you might go visit these beautiful museums and they have these pictures of these angels with this long blonde hair and long flowing gowns. But really, there are no female angels mentioned in the Bible. Now, as a kid, I loved to be the angel in the manger scene. It was great to get to wear the wings and all of that stuff. But in reality, it was Gabriel who announced the birth of Jesus. It was a strong, masculine angels. Angels are described in the Bible as big, powerful, mighty, and masculine. They're not wimpy, little bitty baby girls. They're strong. They're mighty. They're warriors. Hallelujah. I like this picture. You probably can't see it that Mark has on the front of his book. But it's an angel, and he's dressed in like a, a Roman soldier's warrior's uniform. That's who we have helping us. Glory to God. A mighty host of angels. Now, the word is clear that God created angels for specific purposes. They don't take the place of Jesus or they don't take the place of the Holy Spirit. They don't take the place of God's word or or using our faith or prayer. They're again, they're not supposed to be worshipped. But we do need to understand their function and their purpose. Are you for using everything that heaven has made available at our disposal? Are you thankful for the Word of God? 
Are you happy that we have a name that has been given to us, the name of Jesus that is above every name? Are you so thrilled to be filled with the Holy Spirit, our heavenly helper? All of these things that he has given to us are tools and they are equipments for us to live a victorious life. But angels are just as much a part of what has been given to our, uh, at our disposal. So we need to learn to use them. Let's look over in Psalms 103. I saw this out of the Spirit-filled Bible. It's got a little notation there. So this is going to be the crux of our message tonight, taken from this passage. Psalms 103, and we'll begin reading at verse 19. The Lord has established His throne in heaven, and His kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, you His angels, who excel in strength, who do His word, heeding the voice of His word. Bless the Lord, all you hosts, you ministers of His, who do His pleasure. Bless the Lord, all His works, in all places of His dominion. Bless The Lord, oh my soul. Now this passage of scripture as described here in the Spirit-filled Bible, it points out God's purposes for angels. They are heaven's assistants and they exist to serve God in these five ways. Number one, we saw it there, to bless the Lord in worship. Number two, To do his word concerning activities on the earth. Number three, to heed the voice of God's word spoken through believers. Number four, to minister on God's behalf. And number five, to do God's pleasure. So let's look at these in detail tonight. Number one, to bless the Lord in worship. What scriptural basis for this? Well, I'm glad that you asked. Let's look over at Isaiah chapter 6. This may not be a shout and running around the service just yet, but you're going to get happy by the end of this when we begin to realize, hallelujah, who's working with us and who's working for us. Glory to God. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, read this part with me, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Let's do that all together again. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Hallelujah. Isaiah was caught up 
to the throne room of God and he saw these beautiful creatures whose only function is to stand around the throne of God and say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Hallelujah. And it's interesting that he said, I saw seraphim around the throne of God. I looked up the word seraphim. You know what it literally means? Burning ones. These angels are full of the fire of God. They're aglow and they're burning with praise and worship and admiration unto the Lord God Almighty. It's not, they're not robots, robots, but there's something in them that just burns with this desire to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. That to me is a picture of what God wants our worship to be like. He didn't have dead little angels, dried up little angels standing there going, Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. He's worthy. He's worthy. No. Seraphims. Burning ones. Woo! Just full of zeal and passion in their praise and their worship unto God. And that tells me that's how our worship should be. God doesn't want us coming in here dead and dry and coming in here. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. No! Let all that is within me bless His holy name. Let my praise be unto you Lord as a great sound of worship let there be passion let there be fervor let there be zeal in our worship unto him for truly he is holy 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 the whole earth is filled with his glory hallelujah Then there's another reference. These are just a few. You can study more out of angels worshiping around the throne of God. They were created to worship Him. John had a revelation uh, over in the book of Revelation. He had a vision. Let's look there. John chapter 5. We'll read verse 11 through 13 just because I like this. I love this to get this picture of what's happening there right now. Hallelujah. Revelation 5, verse 11. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many, many angels round about the throne and the beast and the altars and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands and thousands. There's no shortage of angels. Woo! And what were they doing? The seraphim are saying, holy, holy. But these thousands and ten thousands and thousands of angels, they're saying with a loud voice, worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches, and wisdom, and strength, and honor, and glory, and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven, and on earth, and under the earth, and such as are in the sea, and all that are them, 
in them. I heard saying, say this with me, blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. Hallelujah. This is in our future. Let's practice again saying, Blessing, honor, glory, power unto him who sits on the throne. Hallelujah. That's what thousands, kind ten thousands and thousands of angels and created beings and your loved ones, your loved ones that have gone on to be with the Lord. They're in that number of thousands, kinds, ten thousands, and they're saying, Blessing, honor, glory, and power to Him who sits on the throne. Hallelujah. Woo, that's exciting to me. Angels were created to worship the Lord. You and I were created to worship and to glorify His wonderful name. Amen? Now, what else in this passage that we read in Psalms 103, number 2? This is why God created angels. To do His word concerning activities on the earth. There's many vivid illustrations in the Bible of divine angelic intervention. And through the next few weeks, we'll look at several of them. But tonight, we're just going to highlight one found in 2 Kings chapter 6. Let me give you a little background. The king of Syria, he was on the hunt for the king of Israel and the children of Israel. But God kept showing Elisha the king of Syria's moves, and he couldn't capture them. And he kept, he kept getting discouraged because he's like, what's going on? Every move I make, they're like not there. I was told they're here. I go there to capture them, and they are gone. You know what? We can be encouraged by this. The devil is not ahead of us. The devil does not have the upper hand. The Holy Spirit will keep us informed. Hallelujah. That's why it's so important to stay ahead of ourselves in prayer. Stay in tune with the things of the Spirit. This prophet, he was seeing what the king of Syria was talking about in his bedchamber. Woo! No weapon formed against you shall prosper. The enemy may have plans and strategies trying to form against you, but the Holy Spirit will keep you informed. And He will show you, don't go there. Don't meet with them. Don't go over there. Don't do this. Don't do that. Stay ahead of that devil in the name of Jesus. We're not running from him. He's running from us. As in terror, we have the light of the Holy Spirit that enlightens our path and shows us the direction we need to be going, the things we need to be doing. Amen? Amen. Well, that won't cost you any extra, but it's good anyway. So right here in this passage, we'll read a few of these verses in 2 Kings chapter 6. Let's look at verse 11. King of Syria, I mean, he's getting upset. 
Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing. He called in his servants and he says, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? We must have a spy in our midst. But one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha the prophet who is in Israel. He tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom that no one else hears. Oh man, that didn't sit well. So the king of Syria said, well, where is this guy? We're going to get him once and for all. Verse 14, therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army to the place that he was told where Elisha was. They came by night and they surrounded the city. But verse 15, And when the servant of the man of God arose early and he went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? You know, he got up, he was sleepy, he hadn't had his coffee, he stumbles out and ah, they're surrounded. By the Syrian army. But man, the prophet Elisha, he had inside information. That's what happens when you stay in the Word of God. When you pray in the Spirit. Regardless of the strategies of the devil, we have inside information. We always have a way of escape. We are, our theme song ought to be, ha, 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 devil can't touch this. I got inside information. So verse 16. So this is the prophet. So the prophet answered him. He said, oh, don't fear. For those that are with us are more than those that are with them. Can you imagine what Gehazi, his servant, must have thought when he heard that? Really? Wow. You got to be kidding me. I'm counting one, two. And I'm seeing such a mighty host of the army of Syria. I can't even count them. But you're saying more are they that are with us? Oh, don't you like this prophet's tenacity? Verse 17. And Elisha, he just simply prayed. And he said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man. And he saw. And what did he see? And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. That phrase in verse 16, I love that. More are they that are with us. More are they that are with us. And when his eyes were opened and he saw that mighty host of the army of the Lord, guess who was riding those horses? Guess who was driving those chariots? It was the angels of the Lord. And they were mighty and they were strong and they were there to do battle. They weren't little wimpy things out there on the horses and chariots. They were so big and they were so mighty. They were so powerful that immediately the prophet and his servant, they were at rest because they knew more are they that are with us than they that be with the king of Syria. Lord, open our eyes. 
We don't need to have, see angels and pray to see them necessarily, but we need our hearts opened. We need the eyes of our spirits opened so that we may be assured on the inside of us more are they that are with us. You know, the world is fascinated with demonic activity. You can't even hardly go and watch a nice movie without the previews just being full of junk and all of this stuff about demons and yuck, all of that stuff. There's even a TV show, never watched it, but what's it called? Paranormal, where these homes are supposedly possessed. Big, big deal, big whoop. You know, the devil rattles some windows. He moves some furniture. He shuts some doors. Big stinking deal. The angels of the Lord shake nations. The angels of the Lord move mountains. The angels of the Lord shut the mouths of lions. Woo! More are they that are with us. Greater is he that is in us and greater and bigger and stronger are they that are with us. In the weeks to come, I'm going to give you some modern day illustrations of how the angels of the Lord show up and bring great protection. Don't you think for a moment that there are more demons in the earth than there are angels. More are they that are with us. There's more angel activity than there is demonic activity. And there are no demons that can stop the mighty moving force of the church of the living God. God's plan, God's purpose for His church shall be fulfilled. And God's plan and God's purpose for your life shall come to pass. It doesn't, ma- it doesn't matter what it takes. It might take a whole company of angels to stand between you and annihilation. But if that's what needs to happen and you'll release your faith and you'll send them to minister for you, that's exactly what will happen. Not only do our eyes and our hearts need to be open, that more are they that are with us. But you know what? More often than Christians even seeing angels... People that come after the saints of God. People whose intention is to hurt the people of God. Their eyes are opened and their hearts are full with fear because they see God moving on behalf of His people. Amen. Hallelujah. Now let's look at the third thing here. I don't know how far we're going to get tonight. It's still early. Are you all enjoying this? good to feed on, isn't it? (laughs) The third thing that God created angels to do, to heed the voice of God's word spoken through the believers. And we're going to start talking about how we activate them in our lives. In Psalms 103 verse 20, we read it in another translation. Let's look at it in the Amplified. Bless. Affectionately, gratefully, praise the Lord, you His angels, you mighty ones who do His commands, hearkening to the voice of His Word. I don't know if we have this translation, but it's the Darby translation. Let me read what that says in it. Bless 
Jehovah, ye saints, mighty in strength. I like this wording. That execute his word, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Certainly, angels hearken to the voice of God's word. If he tells them to go here or go there, of course, they obey his command. But more importantly, this scripture is telling us that they hearken to the voice of God's word spoken through us. When we speak the word of God, it sends our angels out to work. When we say, my God supplies all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And then we follow it up with angels. Go and cause the money to come. They go. They're like, yay, finally I have something to do. They hearken to the voice of God's word spoken through the lips of Believers, too many angels are standing around like this, just saying, please, say something. Say something in the Word. Stop talking doubt and unbelief. Stop talking sickness and disease. Stop talking poverty. Can you just give me a little something here to work with? Can you just quote a scripture? I want something to do. My wings are getting stacked standing here or whatever. They don't all have wings, but some of them do. Send them forth. The Bible is clear that when we speak the Word of God, it does not return void. It accomplishes what it's sent to do. The Bible tells us over in Hebrews chapter 4 that the Word of God is quick, sharp, powerful one translation says it's alert it's active and it's alive it's alive the word of god is alive and that's why when we speak it out of our mouth that these agents of god they go and they cause that word to come to pass in our lives anybody thankful for that hallelujah god's got these agents from heaven sent to assist us. We need to use them. We need to put them to work. Whatever. You ought to be taking notes. Okay, I could use some angelic assistant here. I could use some angelic assistant in my finances. I could use some angelic assistance. Go! Cause that job to come to me. Go! Cause favor to compass about me as with the shield. Go, bring health and healing and strength into my body. Send them forth. That's what they're waiting to do. They're commissioned to help us. Amen. Not only do they heed the voice of God's word spoken through believers, but number four, they are assigned to minister on God's behalf. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14. Anybody getting happy? I'm happy. I've been reading up on this. I've been meditating on all that angels do. And woo, mine are working today. I tell you that. I've been sending them out. They're busy, little beavers. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hebrews 1, 14. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth 
to minister. Now, notice this word, for. If I say for, say it again, for those who will inherit salvation. A lot of people quote this verse and they say, aren't they all there to minister to those that will be heirs of salvation? If you need them to minister to you, they will. But this verse is emphasizing they are there to minister for those that are heirs of salvation. Let's look at that same passage out of the Amplified. Are not the angels, all ministering spirits, servants, sent out in the service of God, and I like how this says it, for the assistance of those who are to inherit salvation. How many of you have inherited salvation? You've confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Well, then guess what? You've got some assistance tonight. You've got some help. Good assistance can be hard to find. Not in this church. We've got great assistance. And Pastor Tom and Kimberly and Pastor Nancy. But if you've ever uh, been in a position on your job where you had to hire an assistant, you may have had the unfortunate experience that some assistants are really not there to assist. They're more there to resist. And they're not there to help. But this says we've got heavenly beings that are there to assist us. Woo! What's an assistant supposed to do? An assistant is supposed to do what you ask them to do. An assistant is supposed to do what they are told to do. That's what angels are there for. They are there to carry out our commands based Upon the Word of God. They're hearkening to the voice of our words, lining up, quoting the Word of God. They're there to enforce God's covenant. Years ago, Gloria Copeland said this that God's angelic hosts are CIA, covenant enforcing agents. Covenant enforcing agents working in our lives. Now, this is the last point, but this is a good one. Back up there in Hebrews chapter 1, back up to verse 7. I just saw this today. Actually, I'll give him credit the first time I say it, but after this, it's my revelation. I saw this in Mark's book today. Verse 7. And of the angels, he says, who makes his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. Well, that's pretty clear to us. We know that angels are spirit beings. They're, they're not natural beings. You, we don't see them in the natural because they are in the spirit. But I found this today. In the original language, they are given another name instead of spirits. And it actually reads that way in the Amplified. Let's look at this verse in the Amplified. Referring to angels, he says... God who makes his angels winds and his ministering servants flames of fire. What does wind do to fire? It ignites it and it causes it to spread further and faster. 
You can have a little bitty fire, maybe in a trash can or something, and you open up the windows, and the wind starts blowing it, and you can have a mess because wind causes fire to spread. Hallelujah! Y'all seeing this? Woo! I really believe as we approach the end of this age, we're going to see an increase of angel winds helping to spread the gospel. These supernatural beings are going to cause revival fires to burn hotter, to go further, and to shine brighter, to travel at a quicker rate of speed. Woo! Hallelujah! Who makes his angels winds and his ministers a flame of fire. What a combination. You and I are supposed to be flames of fire. We are filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. And we know now, based on this scripture, that as we begin to preach the gospel, woo, angel winds, just them flapping their wings, woo, winds. And it causes that fire in us to be ignited. It causes that fire in us to spread. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We thank you for heaven's help. Now I sense this in my spirit that we are about to see a flurry of activity of angelic host and angelic help. Things that will surpass what they saw in the Old Testament. Things that will surpass testimonies that we have ever heard about. Why? Because we are entering into a time when the church is going to need help. We need help to bring in the harvest. In one place it says that there are harvesting angels. They're going to help us bring in the harvest. They're going to go to that loved one that you've been praying for. They're going to tap them on the shoulder and say, get to church. When we pray, we commission them, go, go, minister to that person, go, convict that person, go, tap them on the shoulder, go, wake them up on Sunday morning, tell them to get to church. Harvesting angels, they're going to help us in every capacity. Another thing that we're going to experience in this day and in this age is we're going to see greater miracles than we have ever seen. We're going to cover this later on, that angels get involved in bringing miracles. They get involved in bringing healing. We've heard testimonies where people have been prayed for and someone's eyes have been opened and they've literally seen angels doing like surgery on bodies and the people get up and have a brand new heart or brand new lung, or whatever body part that they needed. Hallelujah! Angels are a-working. Hallelujah! We need this heavenly assistance. Thank God for His Word. We'll never get away from His Word. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. But we can also say, thank God for angelic help. And we're going to put them to work in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.